Sit Still with Sierra is all about helping you, the listener, become a more introspective, self-aware version of you. I'm your host, Sierra Lyons, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Welcome back if you've been here before and if you haven't, welcome to your very first episode of Sit Still with Sierra. I'm your host, Sierra Lyons, and this is actually the first episode since celebrating the one-year anniversary of Sit Still with Sierra. So I thank you all so much for those of you who have continuously supported and those of you who are jumping in and supporting the podcast. Thank you so much. This is one of my favorite hobbies and one of my favorite things to do to, you know, release energy and to just be creative. So thank you so much for being a part of it and supporting it in the way that you have. And if you aren't following the podcast on Instagram, you can do that right now. Just go to Instagram, type in at sit still with Sierra. You can follow along and keep the conversation going on over there. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then feel free to leave me a review, a rating. Let me know what you like, what you dislike, um, how I'm doing, and just show me some love through the ratings. And if you're listening on Spotify, which I prefer Spotify, well, I prefer Spotify for music, but I actually do prefer Apple Podcasts when I listen to my podcast. But thank you so much for whatever platform you're listening and supporting on. And I'm very excited for this episode because... I guess I've just been on an Elizabeth Gilbert kick for the past year. So a few episodes ago, I did a book review of the book Big Magic, and she's you know more famously known for her book Eat, Pray, Love, which was then turned into a movie. And so I, I don't know, I've just really been enjoying her work the past few months, and I watched Eat, Pray, Love for the first time a few months ago with my friend Samira, if you're listening, hi Samira, I listened to it with her. Um, through like the Netflix watch party thing you can do with friends and it was beautiful 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 I've been really enjoying travel movies or movies where the plot involves travel in some capacity so that was uh, such a beautiful movie and I was thinking about it about a month ago so I made my mom watch it with me um, and I watched it again and usually I'm not the person that likes to rewatch movies especially that close together like it has to be a really good movie for me to want to watch something back to back so soon so that just goes to show how much i appreciated this movie but the scenery is beautiful the the plot the travel the culture the diversity the um just travel and just diving into different parts of the world and seeing and experiencing it and although obviously i wasn't you know in all the places she traveled to it did a really good job of showing the culture and each place that she traveled and visited. So it was a very beautiful movie. If you've never seen it, you should definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm not sure what other streaming platform it may be on or um, website or TV, but you should definitely watch it if you have the opportunity to. Um, I typically like to read the books before I watch the movies, um, but sometimes that does spoil it because the movie just... And nine times out of ten, the movie does not live up to the book. So I guess it's a good thing that I didn't read the book first. But I kind of had some inclination of the plot because the movie is actually about her life. And so reading Big Magic gave me insight about her life as well. So I kind of knew where the storyline was going in some ways. But I really, really, really liked the movie. And I got so many revelations from it um, both times I watched it. But I particularly want to talk about the revelation that I got from it 
the last time that I watched it. And so basically, if you know, by reading the title of this episode, you can see that we are kind of breaking down and debunking this this myth or this false definition of laziness. And we're kind of breaking down the difference between laziness and stillness or rest. And I thought it was appropriate to talk about this, you know, on a podcast called Sit Still with Sierra. And I I want to go into this second year being more intentional with the purpose of this podcast. And so last episode, if you missed it, you should definitely go back and listen. But I kind of broke down the word sit in the words in the title said still with Sierra and I basically made it an acronym and so you can go back and listen to that and kind of see the I guess value system that this podcast holds or just some values or important things that makes the podcast what it is and so I broke that down but I want to talk about stillness um, and rest today which I've talked about rest but I think there's a difference between being still and, and rest but I specifically want to target our culture or our society's view of laziness and I want to basically maybe change the way you think about the term laziness or how you define it or how you associate with the word or even if that's a word that you would feel inclined to label yourself as because I know sometimes you're like oh I'm lazy I don't want to get up and do this thing or we just use the term very or the word very loosely but I'm really challenging that in the past few months I've really been intentional with making sure that I don't label myself as negative terms and words and making sure that I'm intentional with how I label myself and maybe really taking um, an examination of why it is that I'm feeling that way and maybe it's not laziness, maybe it's exhaustion or maybe it's burnout. And I think this is something that is relevant for all of us currently because as things are quote unquote going back to normal as you know workspaces are going back to being in the office or as school is going back um, on campus fully for college students um, our culture and our society and our way of life is going right back to how it was before and so I want to kind of attack that <laughs> attack that um, urge to go back to things so normally and to go back to things so quickly and the harm that doing that brings and the harm in doing that in the sense that this past year, year and a half nearly has been so pivotal, has been so, been so devastating, has been so disappointing. All of the terms, all of the words, all of the adjectives that you can think of, this year has been overwhelmingly, this past year has been overwhelmingly devastating and has been overwhelmingly exhausting. And so I am not in favor of this, I guess, call or this urge to go back to things so normally and to just act like what we just experienced was normal or just to act like what we experienced was not that big of a deal and to just go back to pushing ourselves and working ourselves so hard and not really examining um, and not really processing where we are mentally, where we are physically, where we are spiritually, where we are emotionally. And I can tell you that just the past few weeks for me, like dealing with things in my personal life, I've been so exhausted in every fat in every way, um, in every way that you can be exhausted, I've been exhausted spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, I've been burned out. 
And so I'm just now getting back into a space where I feel more energetic, where I feel more like myself, where I feel healthier mentally. And so I'm not pushing myself to go back to how things were before. I'm recognizing the fact that things have taken place in the past few weeks or whatever that have caused me to feel emotionally tired, to feel mentally tired, and to not just be like, okay, I'm over that now, time to get back to how things work. No, allowing myself the time to process it, allowing myself the space to be like, you know what, I'm not doing 100%, I'm doing better than I was, but I'm still not 100%. And giving myself the space and the freedom and the stillness and the patience to work through whatever it is I'm feeling or going through and not being so, you know, in such a big rush to just get back to how things were. So I brought up Elizabeth Gilbert and Eat, Pray, Love specifically for one scene of the movie and I'm going to play the clip so that you can hear it. But hearing this really, really, really um, resonated with me and I thought that it was, one of the, it was one of the most crucial and pivotal and remarkable scenes in the whole movie. So listen to this and then we'll come back. I've been in Rome for three weeks and all I've done is learn a few Italian words and eat. You feel guilty because you are American. You don't know how to enjoy yourself. I beg your pardon? Americans, you work too hard. You get burned out. Then you come home and spend the whole weekend in your pajamas in front of the TV. <laughs> That's not far off, actually. But you don't know pleasure. You have to be told you've earned it. But an Italian doesn't need to be told. He walks by a sign that says, uh, you deserve a break today. And he says, yeah, I know. That's why I'm planning on taking a break at noon. So as you can hear for some context, she is, you know, traveling. And if you, I'm not going to give away the whole plot, but, you know, the premise of the movie is that she's going through a big life change and she decides to leave her home, her, you know, space that she calls home and to travel for a year. And she goes to three different countries. And so on her first stop, she's dealing with feeling guilty about doing nothing and she you know is going through you could say a traumatic period of her life or a very um a very serious and a very disappointing time period for her life and so she is just spending her first her first destination doing nothing but eating so obviously eat pray love that's why it's called that she she eats she prays she loves and so as she's eating and resting and doing nothing pretty much her first couple of weeks traveling, she feels a sense of guiltiness and a, and a sense of needing to work and needing to perform and needing to do. And basically, you know, the man is saying that, you know, here in, in our society, in our culture, we don't have to be told rest. We don't have to be told be still. That is a part of who we are. We recognize the fact that we are humans and we want to be still. We need to recharge, we need to relax, and there's no guilt in that. And that doesn't make us lazy, that makes us human. And that really, really resonated with me because, you know, he says, you Americans, you Americans have to be told to rest, or you Americans have to be told that you need a break. And I was like, wow, this is so true. I look at other cultures and I look at how their, their cities literally will shut down in the middle of the day. Everything will close. People take breaks. In some Asian cultures, it's actually acceptable and it's you know expected for if you need a nap while you're at work take your nap or if and i know that they do that in um vietnam or um in different asian countries or in different european cultures like i said they will literally shut down the whole city like everyone's taking a break right now and it's not seen as lazy it's not seen as 
unwilling to work. It's not seen as, um, you know, it, it, there's no negative connotation associated with it. It's very normal because they recognize that they all need to have a moment of stillness, a moment of recharge, a moment of rest, a moment of relaxation. And so I thought that it was really interesting that he particularly called out Americans on this. And I was like, you know, I've only, I haven't experienced living in a different culture, living in a different country um, for an extended period of time. So I've never, you know, experienced anything other than Americans' way of doing things. And so I wanted to look up the definition of lazy. And I saw, I came across several different definitions, but from Oxford languages, they define lazy as unwilling to work or use energy. And so then I was like, okay, that doesn't really give me an extensive definition. So I looked up Merriam-Webster's definition and it says disinclined to activity or exertion, not energetic or vigorous. Um, and then I, you know, I just kept scrolling and looking up different definitions. I came across Cambridge um, Dictionary. They said not willing to work or use any effort. So it's pretty much the same thing as you know, Oxford definition. But basically the, the operative word and ever definition that I came across was unwilling an unwillingness or not willing to work. And so I thought, you know, a lot of times when we call someone lazy or we say that we are lazy, we associate our own, you know, exhaustion with laziness. We never, it's never that we're unwilling, it's that we're just so tired. And so even with homeless people, that really rubs me the wrong way when people are like, they're just lazy. If they wanted a job, they could get one. And it's not that they're unwilling to work. It's that there are so many other, there's so many nuances. Um, there are so many caveats as to why they aren't working. There can be physical um, illness. There can be mental illness. There can be incarceration history to where they are, aren't able to be hired. There are so many different things that could play a role in why a person is homeless and why they don't have work. And so to associate their situation, to just label it as lazy is extremely insensitive to me. And it's extremely dangerous to throw around this word because I am a firm believer, are there lazy people in the world? Sure, are there people that just are not willing to work, they just don't wanna work? Sure, but I would argue that there are a bigger number of people that are willing to work, but there are other stipulations and there are other things preventing them from doing so. And I would even take it a step further and say that when we call ourselves lazy or when we call other people lazy, we are not acknowledging the fact that they are exhausted or we are exhausted or life has happened, there has been circumstances, there have been situations that have occurred that has led us or, the, uh, or another person to being so burned out. It's not that they're unwilling to work, it's that they are, are literally, their body, their mind, every part of them or every part of us is telling ourselves that we are too tired, we're physically weak, we can't go on, we're not in a healthy state, we're not taking care of ourselves. And so basically I want to debunk this myth that if you are exhausted or if you are tired or if you are being still, because God forbid we have to be still or want to rest or relax, that you are lazy. And so I challenge you to be careful with how you label yourself because, or how you label others as well. Labeling your children as lazy, labeling your friends as lazy, labeling homeless people or those with um, disabilities. That can be very ableist to label someone as lazy just because they are not working in the capacity or fashion that you deem fit. 
And so I want us to be careful with labels in general because what we call ourselves or how we view ourselves, we can actually become that very thing, even if we aren't to begin with. And so I I want to throw away the word lazy from my vocabulary and from how I label myself because I am so far from lazy. I am so, so, so far from lazy. I am not unwilling to work. Work has never been beneath me. I have no problem with working. I have no problem with pushing myself in school. I have no problem with working in the capacity that I work now. And so when I have moments of exhaustion where there's maybe just that one day that I don't get out of bed until 12 in the afternoon, which is not a normal occurrence, but if I have those days where I literally just don't feel like getting out of bed or I don't feel like doing everything on my to-do list or I don't check off everything in the first four hours that I'm awake of things that I have to do, not calling myself lazy is very important. And I, I encourage you to do the same. If you didn't get everything done that you wanted to get done at work that week, don't call yourself lazy. If you studied for three hours instead of six, don't call yourself lazy. If you didn't go to the grocery store or clean your house like you wanted to for this um, for a weekend, don't call yourself lazy. Do a self-examination. Take inventory of all the things that you have been doing and all the things that have been happening to you and all the things you have been experiencing and recognize that this is maybe your body's way of telling you that you're at your wit's end and that you really need stillness, that you really need rest, that you really need to recharge, that you really need to relax, that you really need to not just performative self-care where it's like, oh, I'm just going to slap on a face mask and feel better. No, maybe you need to go to therapy and talk about all that you've been just bottling up for the past few months or maybe you need to you know have some accountability with someone at your church that you trust or a pastor or a leader and talk about what's really going on and to really examine the fact that if you have a willingness to work but you don't feel like it like you feel you physically feel like you can't do it or you mentally feel like you can't to recognize that that may be a sign of something deeper going on or maybe a sign that you really need to press pause on your life, press press pause on your normal routine, and to really be aware of yourself and really be aware of what's going on in your life. And you know, like I've said so many times, this whole podcast is about self-awareness and being introspective. And it would be a great disservice to be aware of all the stuff you have going on and then still push yourself past your limit. And so I want to throw out this word lazy for my vocabulary. And yes, I'm sure there is someone in the world who has all you know who has everything lined up for them and they are just unwilling to work sure those people exist but i think that that is the minority i like to believe that i would like to believe that the majority of people have a willingness to work but there are just circumstances that are keeping them and preventing them and making it difficult for them to do so and so i want you to be careful with how you label yourself and how you label others it's very 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 important how we speak to ourselves internally and externally, how we speak to others, how we label our friends and family. And to be careful with that word because it's not what we associate it and it's not everything we think it is. It's not just, oh, that person just doesn't want to get up. It's so much more than that, what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so I really appreciated that line of Eat, Pray, Love. And like I said, I encourage you to go listen to, you know, and watch the whole movie if you are able to, if you have Netflix or another streaming platform that provides the movie. But I really encourage you to watch it because you may get something out of it that I didn't get. You may see something that I didn't see. It may just bring a revelation to you that you may not have 
had before. So I encourage you to do that, but I also encourage you to be intentional with how you're feeling this week, the next month, the next several months. Be intentional with how you're feeling and your energy levels. And re- please remember the times that we're fe- that we're facing currently, what we just walked through, what we're still walking through, the uncertainty of our future, the uncertainty of the present, and to realize that it's not unusual or it doesn't make you lazy or it's not out of the ordinary if you don't feel as energetic as you once did before the pandemic shut everything down or it's okay if you're like you know what before i used to do 12 things in a day and maybe now i'm only doing six but guess what that is okay or maybe you're only doing three but recognize the fact that we have just gone through and we're still going through extremely difficult times and that does not make you lazy if you don't have the energy or the capacity that you had before. So I hope that this was encouraging to you. I hope it helped someone and I hope that it shifted your perspective on the word laziness and maybe this week you're going to be intentional if you use that word a lot with not saying it as much or maybe not saying it at all. Be intentional with how you view yourself how you label yourself what you say to yourself because it really does matter it really does matter um you know and give yourself one thing you can do this week um to be still and to rest to literally just sit and do nothing or to go to a therapy session as a way of you know being intentional with healing and maybe you know have a conversation with someone or do something or cook something that makes you feel happy and makes you feel at peace and makes you feel rested and recharged I hope this was helpful for you, and if it was, maybe consider sharing this podcast with a friend, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I look forward to what I have in store in the next few weeks and months for the podcast, and like I mentioned before, if you're not following us on Instagram, please follow, please, please, please follow at Sit Still with Sierra, and feel free to leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcast. And I thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have a great week. I hope that you get the recharge and the refresh that you need. And you will all hear me in a new episode in two weeks. Bye.